This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 10, we want to read responsively. I will start with the first verse. Congregation will follow with the second verse, and so on. We shall trade off like that. And then verse 10, we will read together. If you have clicked and found 2 Corinthians 6, King James Version, say amen. Those who have turned there, and they do have the King James Version physically in their hand in a book called the Bible printed out in pages, say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Second Corinthians 6, 1 through 10, I'm starting out. Verse 1, this is regarding the conduct of the ministry. When then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. By pureness, by, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by, by, by kindness, by the Holy, Holy Ghost, Spirit. by love unfeigned. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. By, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true. As unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed. Together, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. Amen. We thank God for this scripture, and we certainly know the word of God is blessed indeed. Amen. People of God, we uh, live in a culture today that believes woundedness is a more serious problem than uh, selfishness. What is woundedness? Woundedness woundedness is how others treat us, right? Uh, The culture today leads us to believe that that malady is a more serious problem than selfishness, which is how we treat others. We will let ourselves off the hook, but never let others off the hook, no way. However, you know, we cannot live a victorious Christian life in that kind of mindset. Uh, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to enable us to have godly faith, godly hope, and godly love, which is agape, which gives us ever-present access to a victorious life through Christ. Thank God. 
and uh, we're looking at this message which helps us to know that there's no such a lie that we ought to be beholding that we cannot forgive somebody. Sometimes we'll look at a situation or a person as to having done something or something happened to us where we will never be able to forgive that. No. But God is coming against that lie today and letting us know that serving God requires the grace of forgiveness. The what? The grace of forgiveness. So the whole thing is serving God requires the grace of forgiveness. When Jesus' uh, first disciples asked him for guidance in how to pray, uh, pray the heart of the prayer model he gave for all of us uh, to follow uh, in a daily process of praying every day. Quote, uh, he, he gave this part, uh, forgive us our debt, remember that, as what? We forgive our debtors. You know, the Apostle Paul lived with that holy resolve of forgiveness in his life, and he encountered many disappointing and discouraging situations that we read about in 2 Corinthians. And we want to give a concise look at that book as we are teaching this morning. Uh, even though Paul went through such hardships, uh, um, he did not allow those things to fog his vision of eternal hope with an unforgiving attitude. We could be clouded with an unforgiving attitude attitude. How can we mature to such proportions of holy faith as Paul? My God. When we allow secular, humanistic self-centeredness and false hope in our spirit, it becomes a small g God. It becomes an idol that exists in our emotions, in our soul. And those things seemingly work to keep us happy, but they will remain a force that blinds us and estranges us from God's holy intentions. For God is the living truth that we need. And we need him to abide on the inside so that we can say, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We don't want the vortex of apostasy to suck us in and to make us unforgiving just like everybody else. But we ought to be able to get to the point where Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. My God, my God. God's hope in us enables us to go through the hard things in this life without giving up. And his spirit enables us to love like Jesus. And through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can look upon our enemies without intentions to reciprocate hate by God. The enemy works to help us feel justified in dealing hatefully towards those who fail us. And that's how he perpetuates hate in us. But Jesus came to what? Eradicate hate. Amen. He sent the Holy Spirit to coach us through this life 
and that we will perform in the heavenly way. God's will be done on earth, you know it, as it what is in heaven. And God knows that most people will not be your true friend. And he does not want us faking to be a friend either. But he also does not want us emotionally and spiritually imprisoned by our own defensiveness and rationalizations. We can rationalize ourselves into thinking we're right in most cases, if not all cases. And we'll defend ourselves to doomsday even though we did wrong. We will tend to walk on a treadmill of excuses uh, and um, that will become our way of life. Um, unfortunately, we don't really realize the real reality is that we're really heading nowhere, nowhere fast. We're not getting delivered. We're not getting better. We're getting bitter. My God. Those excuses become arrows of defense as we combat shame and blame. And this can be quite dangerous to our spiritual and emotional well-being, especially in cases of reality confusion. This is why Jesus taught how his life-preserving truth works to make us completely free. Wouldn't you like to be completely free of that? My God, I don't think many of us will realize the quality of that freedom. It's a, it's, it's, it's not having any weights on us, in us, in our soul. We're not carrying about any kind of, as the Bible would call it, guile, that bitterness, that root of bitterness will have been pulled up and pulled out of us by the surgery of the Holy Ghost. My God, imagine not having any of that, my God. You know, God always cuts to the chase whenever he counsels souls. He spoke spirit-led truths that did not mean to hurt, but to help. And he came to free us all from Satan's soul asylums of egocentrism, where we are the center of the universe. It is Jesus's loving intention to free us from that captivity, to change us into a person who loves others with godly wisdom at any cost to ourselves to fulfill his will. His will never hurts us. It only makes us better. Amen. His will never hurts others with whom we are associated through divine covenant. You know, our biological and spiritual families. He also wants us to represent his selfless agape in all of our dealings. God's Spirit wants to provide strength in our weaknesses. He lights up our dark areas with the holy truth of God's word. He washes our soiled souls to qualify us as Christian workers in the Lord's kingdom. Check out 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where it says, And he said unto me, Paul speaking, My grace is sufficient for thee. Jesus told him that. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. A lot of us are too proud to own up to being weak. And that's the culture we live in. Oh, that's why so many churches don't have an altar anymore. And, uh, there's sometimes now no altar calls. Uh, no one's called to repentance. No one's preaching. 
are hardly ever preaching now that people will be pricked in their souls by the holy word of God that they will want to come to repentance. We shy away from godly sorrow that leads to repentance. There should be no regret. After the cross, we don't have to pray such prayers. You don't have to repent anymore. So there's just happy, happy, joy, joy songs. And people go out and playing golf and having movie nights and dates, meeting and greeting. My God. And dating. My God. Got all kinds of things going on in the house of God. And they're still calling it the house of God. But it's really a clubhouse. My God. It's, it's, an, it's an FTM, a fortune-telling machine. And people come to hear their fortunes, and they go on their merry way, my God. And, you know, the devil has enough henchmen of witches. I mean, they, well, they call them prophets, my bad. Prophets that will guide you, I should say misguide you, on into your soulish realm fortunes. And you will gain the whole world while losing your soul. And don't even feel bad about that. Or you can't feel bad. There's no guilt anymore. There's no need for repentance anymore. So we're all going to heaven. Some are teaching where the devil even has a chance to make it right with God. It's getting that bad. My God. And the Bible warns us against demonic doctrines. Acts 20.32 says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Not all these graces out there, but his grace which is able to build you up. We don't want to stay the same, but God is looking to what? Build you up. His will be done on earth as it is what? In heaven. And to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So you, you won't walk around with uh, the bitterness and guile of unforgiveness when God is building you up to the most holy faith, where Christ sits at the right hand of the, of the throne of God. The same Savior that said, Father, forgive them. Well, they know not what they do. My God. What if Jesus was like us? Oh, he'll take that cat of nine tail and find where everybody at and all their cousins, everybody that looked like them and whip them with the cat of nine tails and get them back. And all the people that slapped and punched them and said, prophesy, who slapped and punched you? And he'll go there and, and know where they live because he's the prophet of prophets. He'll knock on it to remember me. You said, uh, who, 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 who slapped you? It was you. Bam, and go to punching folk. Oh, he'll find a folk that spat on him and spit right back on him. Oh, he, he knows he's omniscient, right? I'm omnipotent. Oh, he knows. And he could be omnipresent and get everybody back at the same time without breaking the sweat. But our God is not like that. He's not like us. He came in the form of man, but yet without sin. But how can we do that? We are born and shaped in iniquity and in sin that our mothers conceive us. We can't do that. We can't do that. But Jesus said that you need to be transformed what by the renewing of your mind. And let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. He said, I am the way. You don't see any way of doing that, but I am the way. Let the way be in you. And the way has already been made. And you will walk therein and be glad. And you'll be like David who said, uh, so why art thou disquieted in me when he got it right? Then he was able to say, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And, and my soul blesses the Lord. Everything within me what shall bless the Lord. And we're seeking to bless him. Out of our mouth will flow rivers of living water. And amen. Every waking moment you will want to bless the Lord. And it will always be in your mouth. Amen. 
instead of brewing those evil thoughts from the soulish rear view mirror and you can see look back and and know who to hate the more building up hate my god but if you really forgive my god one day you might have to worship with the one that raped you my god one day you might have to minister to and love on and give food to my god the people that starve you and imprison you my god my God, you might have to embrace in a loving Holy Ghost embrace. My God, the one that killed your loved one. Oh, but the Holy Ghost will enable you to do that. You can't do that in and of yourself. It's impossible to forgive in your flesh. You have to let this mind be in you that was also what? In Christ Jesus. If you don't go the way of God, you'll start preaching erroneous teachings. You'll start preaching that... Uh, uh, you have to forgive and forget. Uh, but, but, but you go through things, and God created the human body to remember. It will remember. Even scars help you to remember. Oh, yeah, I remember when I touched that thing. Oh, it burnt me bad. Look, there's the scar right there. See it right there? My God, we got so many things on our body. My God, the scars are there to remind us of things. My God, and you'll remember even the pain of it. You'll have your gut wrenching in pain from the memory of what you went through in that pain. Sometimes a sound or a, 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 a sight, a smell, an aroma will remind you, jar your memory. It'll open up things that you thought you repressed so good and you buried it way down in your emotional ground. But your memory, amen, it's like a grave. You could go there and dig the body back up. My God, like they did Emmett Till. Years later, uh, the DNA science came, and they got a court order. They were able to uh, take his body out of the ground and, and match it up to near relatives and confirm that it was Emmett Till, even though uh, the people that murdered him said, oh, that wasn't no Emmett Till, that was some other man that y'all found. No, it was him, my God. And look at Emmett, Till, Emmett Till's mother. She able, she's able to forgive them through the power of God, my God, and get the job done and, and, and let justice prevail, let truth prevail, my God. They wanted her to give up. She said, no, let them see what they did to my son. She honored him. She honored him well, amen. And that's what, amen, having uh, the lack of utter profound bitterness and, and depression in your life will do. You will have the ability to walk and not be weary, run and, and not faint, not give up. You will walk soberly because your adversary, the devil, goes about seeking whom he may devour. And you'll be able to stand on your own spiritual two feet that the Lord gave you. As Ephesians 6 says, stand, having, having done all, to stand. And you can stand when you pray right. Even though the devil gives you all this, these, these lies, my God. There, there's lies out there. When you get a certain thing in your face in life that the devil wants to present to you, uh, there's three things that you possibly could do with it. Because sometimes folks are going to criticize you, criticize you harshly, 
My God, that's how they did so many people in the black experience in America. And uh, they throw you off, and then you get all angry, and then you lose your couth, and then you just, amen, go for broke into uh, anger, and you begin to have sinful anger. But God allows us to be angry, but don't sin. You got to keep your faculties. So when folks criticize you, and I'm speaking from uh, the very tender and sensitive heart of being a person that has to communicate to people, I have to do it as a father, I have to do it as a husband, I have to do it as a, as a certified teacher, I have to do it, my God, as an ordained preacher. And you know what I get a lot? Criticism. My God, criticism. I had to throw Lisa out of the room the other night, criticizing. Thank God. No, I didn't do that. I was just seeing if y'all was awake. Amen. Thank God. Those times in our life when folks come to us, things that seem trivial and silly, they make them so important. My God. And they, they are so unavoidable at times. And uh, you know the most unavoidable things to us are death, taxes, and what else? Criticism. <laughs> Keep living. Somebody going to criticize you in a minute. But here's what we ought to do. Three things. Uh, when criticism comes, I mean, you're going to hear it, right? The first thing you ought to think about is, do I need to throw this out? Do I need to just chuck this, as the author puts it in the book we're going through? Should I just dismiss it? Some things you should dismiss and say, what get thee behind me, Satan? Because you know readily that is not scripturally based. So immediately, the three scriptures you know will come to light. And you will say, well, I know enough scriptures to know that you need to get thee behind me. But sometimes we haven't read and meditated long enough in the Holy Ghost to know that we need to do that. So we harbor it in our heart. And God said, you could have threw that out <laughs> had you read the scripture. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so first, should I throw it out? Should I dismiss it? Number two, should I own it? Because sometimes the Holy Ghost will send somebody, and it's a holy kind of criticism, right? And you know good and well, they hit you square between the eyes. <laughs> Square between the eye, and you you just need to own up to it, and can make and make your confession unto God, repent thereof, amen, and go and sin no more, go and do that thing no more. I'm not talking about trivial little silly things. I'm talking about things to the utmost of the utmost eternal importance, biblically so that they are a sin, amen. So chuck it out, own it. Or this last thing, test it. What if you don't know, should I throw it out or should I own up to it? It's in the middle somewhere. You need to what? Test it according to the Bible. Test it. Amen. Judge, judge every spirit by the what? The word of God. And, the, and if you judge every spirit, who's the revealer of the truth of the word? The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit goes against those spirits and says to those spirits, that is not of the character of God. God wouldn't say that. God would never say that. He has never said that. Amen. Or sometimes he'll say, yes, thus and so it is so. Amen. And then you have to, amen, just repent. Amen. Thank God. 
and make it right. <laughs> you have no other recourse but to make it right. You have to uh, submit yourself to God. And once you have submitted, the devil can't mess with you anymore. You know, haunting and taunting. Once you submit, therefore, to God, God's, God's going to say, that's enough. Leave them alone. Reminds me of mothers who are listening to the father spank the child just a little too long. All right, that's enough. And God will step in and say, all right, that's enough. Enough is enough. Or maybe there's a father have to do it for that aggressive mother. She's ripping them like a she-bear. My God. And the father's old timid back there. That's enough, baby. That's enough. Could be the man saying it. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. There's other things the devil tries to do that help makes us prone to being an unforgiving, bitter kind of person. There's some lies out there, y'all. Lies. You want to uncover some of the devil's lies? My God, here are some forgiveness lies that we need to deal with. Uh, forgiveness means you have to forget. We dealt with that, right? The body remembers, and you can't help but to have a memory, a, a whiff of a perfume. Oh, yeah, I remember her. Yeah, oh, boy, she did me bad. Oh, Kelowna, he did me bad. My God. No, don't, don't feed me Pop-Tarts. No, that evil man, he used to give me that every morning. I hate him. I hate him. Oh, oh, the sight of a Pop-Tart makes me want to kill somebody. Lord God, it's just a Pop-Tart. Calm down. You know. No, it's more than a Pop-Tart to me. You know? And you can't forget. My God. But God will let that kind of memory be a, a, a means for grace to work. Because you'll remember things, but grace steps in. My grace is sufficient for thee. What? In your weakness. Where I am weak, Jesus, he's strong. Oh, how can you forgive that person? It's the God in me, baby. It's not me. If it was up to me, I would slap the taste out of his mouth. But it's the God in me. Yes, sir. God will give you peace. Keep your mind stayed on him so you don't go around town slapping the taste out of people's mouths. Thank God. Some lies are out there that says forgiveness means you're condoning the actions of others. That's not what you're doing. You're not condoning it. You may understand it, but you're not condoning it. No. You don't like what they're doing. But the God in you is allowing you to forgive them. And you are thus freeing yourselves, absolving yourselves of the responsibility of carrying that weight around. Oh, I got to get him back. Now I got to get her back. I got to get all these people back that did all this stuff to me. You're just walking around like a grumpy person. And God wants to deliver you. Hallelujah. There's a lie out there that says forgiveness means you have to be a doormat. Here am I. Step on me. Wipe your dirty feet on me. No. Stop. Christians aren't called to be that. That's not very Christian of you, I've been told that. I said, but you don't know Jesus. If you knew Jesus, you would know that he would never say that or do that. And I had to point the finger back at them. They had their little crooked booger finger pointing at me. That's not Christian. You don't even know what Christian means. Thank God don't let people push you in some corner you don't belong in with the dunce cap on. That's their position. My God. <laughs> you need to get it right. Uh, I know of whom I believe, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him 
against that day. Young Pastor Timothy said that, amen, when he got his mind right, amen. He stopped letting them older folk who wasn't saved in the church push him around. Hallelujah, God. Remember thy creator in the days of your youth. Hallelujah. Thank God, thank God. Some people out there are thinking forgiveness means you have to be close friends again. You don't have to. Jesus didn't say, thou shalt like one another. Never said that. Love is higher than like. But people get confused. Since you love them, since you just start liking them and going, you know, having playdates and stuff once again, we're best buddies again. Yay. No, I don't trust you. Amen. And God, we trust. All others pay cash. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> you may not ever be close friends again. Guess what? Sometimes the best place for some folk is way over there. Keep your way over there. Go a little longer right there. There you go way over there. Amen. And you'll be at peace long as they are what? Way over there. <clears throat> Thank God you may not ever be close friends again. That's not biblical. Stop it. That's a lie, y'all. Amen. Amen. It's all right that we un uncover some lies. Is this the what? Living truth series. Hallelujah. Thank God. Some people are saying that forgiveness comes from an apology. Folks may not ever say sorry. Amen. Hard for me to say I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Yeah, like they sung in that old song. But you know what? You may not ever say sorry. Amen. And after all that we've been through, I will make it up to you. They may not ever say that. They might not ever say, I promise too. No. But some of these promises are, are dried up prunes anyway. Raisin in the sun, they're not going to give you anything. Amen. Thank God, thank God. Just forget about it. Amen. <laughs> think, forget about it. Amen. They're not going to help you. Amen. Thank God. They may not ever say sorry, but don't wait on them. You say, forgive them. Forgive her. Uh, with her. You don't even have to get, call them a name because sometimes the flesh want to get into prayer. Forgive the old tore up, old raggedy behind, Lord, because they know not what they do. Don't do that. Don't be bitter because I've been there. Amen. God said, um, I was waiting for you to get you done. Flush that and let's start over again. Don't bring the toilet in the Holy of Holies. Thank God, thank God. <laughs> uh, they may not ever say, I'm sorry. Don't wait for that. You will never be free of bitterness. That root of bitterness will tangle you and entwine you. You can't even, you know, help yourself. My God, you see them coming around. Uh, I smell that perfume. She's somewhere in the building. Oh, then bitterness comes. <laughs> what happened to you? Oh, my God, you know. I didn't know that demon was down in you. Just let it go, y'all. Forgive them. Some people are lying out there. They're saying forgiveness is based on the actions of others. When folks start doing right, then I'll forgive them right. They may not ever do right. My God, Johnny may not ever do right. Maybe Johnny will always be Johnny do wrong. My God, but you know what? You still got to what? forgive them. Your life needs to go on. They're going to keep on fumbling and stumbling and doing whatever they're doing. You go ahead on, forgive them, and move on with your life. Hallelujah. Move on in Jesus' name. I'm going on in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Do it. Hallelujah. And free yourself. Thank God. Some people are lying out there. Forgiveness is easy. No, it's not. And in biblical terms, it's downright impossible to <laughs> You need the Holy Ghost. 
if it weren't for God on my side, where would I be? Oh, God. Moses didn't have to deal with them folk. The ground opened up and swallowed them. And a lot of times, God was testing Moses to see where Moses was at. God wouldn't have put that in front of Moses if he was going to say, yeah, Lord, get rid of all of them. Let's start again. Maybe we could try again. No. God said, I'm not killing all them people. No, 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 no. God was getting ready to do it, you know, but God tested him. He said, I'll wipe them out. And then Moses said, no, Lord, let me stand as a media, mediator. No, uh, oh, kill me. Don't, don't blot me out. Don't blot them. So he was a type of Christ right there, showing us what Christ will do. Take the punishment. Take the blame. Amen? Father, forgive them. We got to be like Jesus. And the Holy Ghost will help you to say, Father, forgive them. They're not even in their right mind. Sin has, must have taken them over. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And move on with your life. It's not easy, but through the Holy Ghost, you can do it. Amen. My God, my God. Hallelujah. Thank God, and don't forget the criticism thing. My God, what do you do? Throw it out, if that's what you need to do. Own up to it. Or what's the other one? Test it out, according to what? The Word of God. Amen? And that's what you need to do. Amen. Thank God for Jesus. A few more little points and we'll be done. Y'all all right? Thank God, thank God. Some say we should seek to forgive and forget. Y'all know about that? Don't ever forget that because that was put in our spirit some years ago. But y'all know how the body is. Y'all know how your mind works. You'll dream about it. It'll come right on back. But let the grace of God be your companion when you're going down memory lane. Let Jesus be your companion and your tour guide, and we're walking, and we're walking. Yeah, that's where they hurt you real bad. Remember that? But I'm carrying you, but I'm carrying you. It's going to be all right, baby. I got you. Let Jesus go down memory lane with you. Cover me in my weakness, Lord. He said, I got you back. I got you. I got you. And God will do that. He's done it for me. He gave me dreams, crazy, weird, in-color, Panavision dreams. My God, I told you one young man, I just wanted to, to throttle him in church. I said, when this prayer is over, I'm going to throttle him outside. My God. He say one thing, he's throttled. My God. But God showed me a dream of him at the pearly gates. God broke his own theology and just showed me a picture because he knows how my mind works. And I was walking up, going up to see the king. It's a highway to heaven. I was going in. You going? Everybody was going in. Folk I knew would go in were going in. Some I thought wouldn't go in. They were going in. I said, "Oh, I know. I'm in love." Jesus was like, "Hold up. Look in the book. He's at the pearly gate. This fella's at the pearly gate. Oh my God!" And I wanted to throttle him after church. Oh no. His name is not found. I was like, "Oh my God!" And God said, "Okay, stop." He said, do you get the point? <laughs> and I rose up like Scrooge had got saved. Where is he? Where is he? And, and was able to hug and everything. And, and, and I still had that bruise in my, in my soul. 
but God let the bruise be there for me to remember we had a meeting. That's the time we had that meeting, and now grace has took over. I have healed you. The scab is still there to remind you, but you got healed. I've closed the wound up. No dirt could get back in there. Your, your skin is sealed right there. Amen. Thank God. Thank God for scabs. The kids in my class, they want a Band-Aid on the scab. I say, God already gave you a Band-Aid. Leave it alone. Don't pick it. It's not done yet. Let the the scab finish. If you pick it off before it's finished, more blood's going to come. It's bleeding. I say, you pick the scab, didn't you? Yeah. And sometimes they'll have the the memory of a scab, and it's like, it's still hurting a little bit. Can I have a Band-Aid? I said, the Band-Aid don't stop pain, baby. (laughs) It's just covering up a cut keeping the germs out, keep and sealing in uh, the ointment that you have on there. Amen. But it, it's not going to stop the pain. It's, it's going to hurt a few more days. I tell them the truth. It's going to hurt a few more days. Just, just bear with it, baby. You're not getting the Band-Aid. Just sit there. All right. And, and, and don't think I'm kissing the boo-boo because I'm not. Go home to your mama and let her kiss the boo-boo. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyhow. But Christians are like that. We want God to bandage this and bandage that. God says, just a few more days uh, and you shall be delivered. After that, uh, hallelujah, the sun's going to shine in a minute. Just hang in there. Hallelujah. It's not going to last forever. Thank God. I thank God for the sun coming up, the sun going down, and the sun coming back up again. Amen. The sun going to come back up. God said it, so it's going to come back up. Amen. That's a new mercy. So we need to make it to the new mercy. See, Paul did not simply forget those things that happened to him. However, he was able, through the grace of God, to yield his desires, his thinking, his will, to have joy in the midst of the overflow of opulence when he had a lot, and in droughts of destitution when he hardly had nothing. As recorded in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-four through 27, he, he could praise God freely in his spirit. Even though he was physically whipped with rods several times, did that happen to us? He was incarcerated several times, did that happen to us? He was stoned once, did that happen to us? Shipwrecked several times, almost at the point of death, did that happen to us? Having to survive a night and a day out at sea due to one of the wrecks and being constantly on the move as a traveling apostle, uh, and always facing those dangers on those, those roads out there in obscurity where bandits try to hide and, and, and take you over. He was on those kind of roads all the time. My God. And he toiled and labored, often without sleep, without proper nourishment. Folks coming after him on those dangerous roads, some of his own countrymen, some foreigners and even false brothers that worshipped with him. My God. At times, he had to endure cold weather, naked, y'all. And, and besides these things, he had to face the daily pressure of his concern for all the churches he had the privilege of overseeing. And many are the afflictions of the righteous, though, as the Bible said, because of the hatred of the enemy. But the Lord, what shall deliver them out of them all? Thank God. Many are the of what afflictions of the righteous, But the Lord shall keep delivering them. What? Out of them all. He shall keep delivering them. Keep delivering them. Hey, out of them what? All. Psalm 34, 19. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Keep delivering me, Lord. I want to say sorry, oh God, for stiffening up my neck and not accepting the grace that you gave me to say, oh God, forgive. You want us to exhale that mess out so that when we forgive, we're exhaling that mess out. We had a taste of it, but we could spit it back out by saying, forgive. Oh, help us, oh God. Help us to do that, Lord. Let us admit when we're wrong, Lord. May we stay humbly submitted to Christ. And may we ever commit ourselves to your divine will so that we'll be safe in you, Lord, and be in your loving arms of mercy and grace. We know you're able, Lord. We know you want to provide the power of your grace to strengthen us. Hallelujah, God, with the heavenly holiness that we need in this earth that we're trudging through. My God, and there will be downward spirals of weakness. But Lord, be strengthened my weakness, Lord. Let the weakness not prevail, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. May your love take the place of my pain. Go to the pain places now all over the room, oh God, and take the place of that pain. Your able God, some childhood pains. Oh, help us to forgive, Lord. Help us to regurgitate that mess out, spiritually regurgitate right here and right now. Forgive. Go ahead and forgive. Rid yourself of the bitterness. Rid yourself of the, of the, of the root of bitterness. Rid yourself of the guile. Oh, rid yourself. Forgive, Lord. Fill me with your goodness. You don't want me to have this tasteful disposition, but a glorious, oh God, attitude of gratitude in God. I know you're able. I thank you, Lord. So bless us right here and right now, beyond our ability to understand. Bless us right here and right now. Oh God, we thank you for your favor, Lord, which we don't deserve. We thank you, Lord. May the devil not find a breach, oh God, that he could creep back in. Seal us, I pray to the day of redemption. You're able, Lord, fill in the gap, stand in the gap as only you can, oh God. Oh God, be that loving presence that's here to build me up in the most holy faith. Enable me to represent you right, Lord. For those who slap me, oh God, I will render the other cheer. I'll say, oh, my God has enabled me to forgive you. Hallelujah. There's no hell for you to put me in. God is keeping me from it. And he could keep you out of it if you just turn yourself over to him like I have. He enabled me to forgive you. Now, why don't you join me and walk therein in the plan of God and live right for him? Hey, bless the name of the Lord. Let us stand and let us be, oh God, ever thankful unto God as we clap our hands toward heaven with a praise on our lip that we are glad to be in God's service one more time. Glad, oh God, with another chance, oh God, to work the works of you that will send me, oh God. There's going to come a time when we cannot work. We will be held accountable for the work quality. May I have an excellent quality of work. Let me be about my father's business, oh God, in the name of Jesus. You don't want me, oh God, held down in shame, oh God, because of unforgiveness. I will be, oh God, pressed down in gloominess and depression, stymied and stagnant, unable to do the work that God has for me to do. Oh, you gave, oh God, severally as you will, gifting. 
Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Help me to move forward in the power of the Holy Ghost. You're able, Lord. I don't want bitterness, but I want, oh God, your anointing there. In the name of Jesus, you're able, Lord. I thank you, and I consider it done. Your matchless name, prevail. Prevail in me. Prevail in me, Lord. Serving you requires the grace of forgiveness. I thank you, and I praise you, Lord. I thank you, and I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, God. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you. Thank you.